I think I would want the fucking shadows. That'd be sick. So sick. Shadow mommy. (laughs) Shadow mommies. Girl, I want to be a shadow mommy. (laughs) What's up, good girls and guys? Welcome to the Juiciest Book Podcast, where we discuss our favorite spicy stories from cutesy romance to smut and all the fantasy in between. I'm Carly. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to Read It and Ride It. (laughs) Let's go, baby. So if you haven't listened to Fourth Wing Part 1, which we released two weeks ago, go back and listen to it because none of this stuff is going to make sense. We are going (laughs) to jump right back into it. They be fucking. They be fucking. Starting off strong. So she kills Jack. She's having a hard time dealing with it. She needs a distraction. Enter Zayden. Who offers to be her punching bag and let it all out. But instead, she kisses him, which I totally love. I love that she took control of the situation, even when he was like, oh, no, you don't want me. This is going to be a mistake. She was like, no, we're not going around in these circles anymore. This is going down. You better fuck me or I'm going to find someone else. He's like, yeah, no, not happening. Totally jealous. But even she has an annoying moment where she's like, maybe he doesn't want me. But he's like, I always fucking want you. We love a man obsessed. <laughs> I am so fucking glad they popped that cherry. They blue balled the fuck out of us for so long. He literally was not giving her an inch. And I was seriously questioning if they were going to end up together, if they were even going to be friends, if he was going to still maybe kill her. Because even though that sexual tension was building, they were just she was just not giving us anything. He would flirt with her and then he would ignore her. But thankfully, all of that pent up sexual tension got released. And they're fucking destroying her room, causing an insane storm outside, which is so funny because every time they fuck, there's an insane storm. So everyone else knows when they're fucking. Like, how obvious <laughs> is that? I think is that ever going to go away or is that just going to be the thing now? I kind of love it, honestly. (laughs) The fact that they don't even get their clothes fully off and destroy almost all the furniture in the room totally shows that they held off way too long. And I mean, the talking in their minds while fucking, I am genuinely pissed. I cannot experience that in real life. (laughs) Honestly, that would be amazing. I would say it's kind of more sexy that he can dirty talk in her head Versus whispering in her ear. Mm -hmm. There's just something about it. And I didn't think about this too, but I wonder if the dragons are fucking at the same time (laughs) because they feel the dragons when they fuck. So I wonder if the dragons like, oh yeah, it's going down between them. Like, let's get it on. And then doesn't Darna get horny? Like she's a little girl. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. What is she she doing during this time? What is this feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Then that stupid motherfucker says, don't fall for me. And I literally rolled my eyes. I mean, he had the audacity to leave her a jar of violets on the nightstand. Really? I know. He's so delusional at this part. I thought he was delusional before, but now even more so. The fact that he can't admit that he cares for her deeply or loves her yet, I kind of get. But his actions are showing otherwise. 
I'm glad that she stood her ground when he tried to hook up with her again, though. Like, she ha- really right. has some major cojones. This chick, I mean, she she's admitting her feelings. It takes balls to admit your feelings like that when he hasn't even gave you an inkling and on top of it said, don't fall for me. And this little back and forth flirtatious thing for a while, I don't know, but the pretend game was really hot. I thought I would be cooled off from the spice for a little bit after this, but... The tension just kept growing. And I was like, all right, girl, you better give in to him real quick again, because I need some more of that action. Right. Like that moment in the cafeteria when they're talking (laughs) mind to mind and she basically describes sucking his dick and he chokes on his food. And everyone in the cafeteria was like, did Zayden just choke? Because he's always so composed. (laughs) And Liam's sitting there like totally knowing what's going down. So good. So good. Did you notice how everyone was looking at Liam with disgust because of his marks, but were also looking at her hair with disgust when she went to the King's party? You know, what? I think that's part of a reason why their friendship was so quick. They were both on the outskirts. And I honestly, I don't know why I didn't realize that Zayden, like his class, was the first kids of the rebellion who are actually going to start serving with them. So you have all of these other people there. They've never experienced rebellion kids before in their army. And here they are. Then she leaves and she goes out to Zayden. He's just sitting on the parapet mourning his father. It's really sad that this party is literally celebrating the death of his father, essentially. There's this one quote in particular that I want to mention because it totally gives away Zayden's love language. And I think it's a pretty popular quote. It's the one where Violet basically admits her love for him and that he loves her saying, you want me. And no, I'm not just talking about in bed. You want me, Zayden Riorson. You might not say it, but you do one better and show it. His love language is totally actions and gift giving. Like when he got her the special daggers that were made specifically for her, mm-hmm. made the saddle for her so she didn't fall off Tarn. That was so And cute. then made the little fin thing that Andarna can kind of hook on to so she can be with the big kids. I loved that. So cute. He's so thoughtful. And he's such a romantic. He's like, I'm only looking at you. There's only you, Violence. The nickname. Even when I'm not with you, there's only you. So I loved when he admitted that he got jealous when Dane kissed her after threshing and basically lost his shit and then said, I've wanted you from the first second I saw you. Honestly thought it was kind of weird that he said he wanted her from the first second he saw her because he was planning to also kill her. I think they wanted you to think that. I don't think he ever would have killed her because there's a specific scene I'm thinking of when she's in the tree. She comes down, figures out that he has shadows, controls shadows as his signet. Well, she was up in the tree, totally covered by darkness, perfectly covering her so that no one else could see her. Oh, so you think it was his shadows? For sure. I think he was in on it. I think he wanted her to hear the conversation that they were having because he's so aware with the shadows. No way he didn't know that she was there. And that was before the dragons were even mated. Yeah. So I think he's been just trying to open her mind for a long time. Right. And maybe he didn't have deep, deep feelings for her yet. But he definitely cared for her, definitely didn't want to kill her. 
Yeah. And, you know, I guess I could believe that. I think maybe he had some trepidations in the beginning because he knew who her mom was. But I think he instantly saw, okay, she's kind of a good soul when she gave her boot to Rhiannon right in front of him. They even point out in the book, like, he looks at the boots weird. Like, he notices it. Right. So he's like, okay, maybe this girl isn't as bad as her mom. For sure. Thank God we got another sex scene soon after that, because they really had us holding out for a while. And I loved that it started off with Violet taking care of Zayden in a caring way, helping with his shoes, verbally admitting to him that she loves him. Especially because Zayden, honestly, there's a part where he mentions he forgot what love was like, but still doesn't have the guts to admit that he loves her because all his loved ones always end up dead. And it's not just a sexual aspect of him forgetting love, obviously. This is really the deep down root of what love is. He's totally afraid to feel it again, and it's totally reasonable Mm -hmm. considering his past. My favorite part of the second one, when they are doing it and he's going down on her, and she's like, oh, God. And he says, just you and me in the room, and I don't share. Like, come on. (laughs) I live for that shit iconic moment when she comes and literally shoots lightning through the window breaking his bedroom window that sent me (laughs) so good it it was such a great visual representation of what it feels like to to come to come basically (laughs) we're like she got it good and then it just dives you right back into the plot right into the war games and Honestly, at this point, I wasn't really sure where the book was going to end. I didn't know if they would just finish school and then Zayden will get sent off and it's kind of them being in two different places. Obviously, I thought there was going to be something involving the war games and some sort of controversy that they were going to have to get over. But I was very pleasantly surprised about how she did the ending of this book. You know, This part for me was when shit really started going down. I mean, it's crazy reading it back how important this part actually is. But when you're reading it for the first time, you don't really realize that when Dane is begging Violet not to go and he says things like he's going to get you killed and then I'll miss you, Violet. I originally thought, okay, he's finally letting her go. Thank God, because we're team Zayden. But no, he is literally completely letting her go because he knows it's a death sentence. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Every time I think back to him, I just, I hate him even more. (laughs) And if I have to deal with him for more books than just the next one, I might die. Dude, I can't wait to see how they play it out. If in the next book they go back to the school, are they going to be like... La la la, you know, we didn't die. We're innocent. Nothing happened out of the usual. Or is she going to be like, fuck you, Dane? <laughs> like, right. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You ha- I have no idea. I feel like at this point, they can't go back to the school at all. I feel like if she confronted Dane, he would totally play dumb. I feel like probably same. Oh, God, I don't know. I think the biggest betrayal, though, came when they're just casually making out behind the rock. And I was kind of like, ooh, we're about to get in a little some 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 more spicy and then, spice. <laughs> right. And then he puts up the shadows around her and is just like, I'm so sorry. And my heart literally dropped. I was like, what the fuck 
is about to happen. Dude. I don't know why I wasn't expecting him to betray her or lie to her to that extent. But I was seriously shocked. You know, I honestly didn't either. Like when the Griffin Flyers flew up and he's acting all casual with them. I was like, this is a can of worms, girl. I don't know what the hell is going on. He's doing some behind the scenes shit. And then her realizing she's the only non-separist kid there and she's been lied to. Oh, my God. Like, who do you trust? Right. Because it's all of her new, in quotations, friends that she's made. And then on top of it, her dragon's new. And I feel like that part is the most devastating of it all. Because I think eventually she could come to deal with the betrayal of Zayden, who she loves, and her friends lying to her. But the dragons are literally bonded to her soul. It's a Someone, soul betrayal. Right. Ugh. And I know it was for a good reason, but her pain and what she feels and how she kind of gets mad at Tarn for lying to her and Tarn's like, I'm so sorry. This won't happen again. I made a mistake. I was like, you did make a mistake. And I'm glad that he admitted it to her because that was fucked up. So fucked up. And I mean, he even says a mate's bond is stronger than a rider's bond, too. So, like, clearly he was taking Siegel's side. Right. But still, that is just heartbreaking. And then on top of it, double whammy, because the fables from her dad's books end up being real stories. The Griffin Flyers confirm Venon are real. Which I actually was like, I fucking called it. I was so hyped when that was revealed. I honestly did not pick up on that at all. My heart started racing from this point on. Like it was just thing after thing after thing. Right. In my mind, I was like, okay, there's one overarching villain. It seems to be the leadership of Mm -hmm. this place. But now you have another villain, which is the Venom, which is actually truly evil. Like those things are disgusting. So now it's all twisting into a spiral of a spider web. Like what? Who Who is actually evil? Who is good at this point? Uh, And then, you know, Zayden, he even says, I might be the villain to some, but not to you. And that rings so true. Like, I don't think he seems like a villain at all, to be honest. I think it's obvious, especially at this point, that he's on the good guy side. He's the protagonist. Dane is the antagonist. The Venon are the antagonist. And potentially the leaders, including Violet's mother, are the antagonists of this story. Right. And then she's totally fucking brainwashed. I mean, when he's defending himself further and going into detail and she's just like, you know, has her mom's probably sayings in the back of her head. I was thinking they're traitors without even hearing their side, especially after just learning Venon exists. Like, hello, hear them out, duh. But her mom, you know, Lilith's true colors, I think, are starting to come true. She's kind of a bitch from the start. But when it's revealed that she had the same blade that he's providing to the Griffin Flyers to fight off the Venon, I think that just sealed the deal. That is proof she knows and is a heartless bitch. This is where I start to really think about her mother's intentions when she sent her to the writer's quadrant and her dad's so-called death. I think her mom sent her to the writer's quadrant to die. 
I think she wanted her dead. It was the easiest way to kill her off without having to kill her herself. I think she knew Violet was super smart. If she stayed in the scribe quadrant, her mom thought the dad probably left some sort of note or something for her to find where she would have figured out Venom were real and maybe she would have done something about it. Oh, okay. So you think that her mom believes she kind of has a quote unquote heart of gold. Yes. And I think she thought she was going to die on the parapet. Okay. I think that too. And I have a theory about that that I'll touch on in a little bit. But to tack on to why her mom is totally evil, in my opinion, is even when, or just heartless, is even when she gets two dragons, one being this legendary black dragon, she completely ignores her. Completely. Just disregards her. All she cares about is oh, look at this big dragon and not, oh my gosh, my daughter survived to the point that she got a really strong dragon. She only cares about her agenda. And my heart broke along with Violet's because you could tell she kind of had that hope that her mom would finally be proud of her. Right. Proud of her like she was Mira. Right. But she just wasn't. You would think that after she, you know, her husband died, mysterious circumstances, in my opinion. (laughs) and the brother died, that she wouldn't want to bury another body. But she clearly does not give a fuck. No. And, you know, I have this theory. Hear me out. Lilith has storm powers, right? Right. As soon as Violet is about to go on the parapet, a storm is brewing, starts raining, kills the Dylan dude. Then she goes out, barely fucking survives. And right after she crosses, it slows into a drizzle. Seems kind of convenient, doesn't it? Like, I kind of think Lilith was using her storm powers to kill her from the start. Right. But I, I want to ask, what is the motive? Is it really because you think she has this heart of gold and you're just going to eliminate her? Or, oh my God, I don't know. I She just didn't want to deal with her anymore. She's like, I have too much on my plate. Get rid of this one. Circling back to her broken trust with Zayden, I feel like... She's really stuck on the lies and even uses loved in the past tense because she can't trust him. And she really holds on to this as the reason that they can't be together for the rest of the book. Honestly, savage of her because I would have totally given in to him. But she just says, I forgive you and I believe you because she believes the rebel cause is right after she finds out about the venom. Right. But... It logically makes sense. Right. But all the trust is gone. And I think that you can't have real love without trust. Agreed. Do I think that she can rebuild her trust? Yes. But (laughs) I get where she's coming from. It tore my heart up when he started to panic. And he's like, no, you love me. Right. He just needed to say he loved her. And at this point, I'm like, dude, you know it. And you're just not saying it. And he even says some bullshit like, I never lied when I said I can't live without you violence. Like, dude, you're basically saying it. Just say it. Right. And honestly, just admitting the truth is still lying. It's not a full apology because he's still trying to make it seem like he's in the right. And I think if he just came in and said, I fucked up, I did everything wrong. I love you. Actually stating the words, I think her trust would have started to build again in that moment. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not surprised that this is happening because it's been announced by Rebecca Yaros this is going to be a five-book series. I mean, if they were 
solid from the start, it'd be kind of boring. So I'm glad they added this twist in because I think it's going to give us an opportunity for some more slow burning, some flirtation in the next few books as well. What if she brings in another male? I'm not against it. Reverse harem? (laughs) I don't think this one can turn into that, but that would be wild. I mean, Zayden would get so jealous. I know that's what I love because basically at this point, it's enemies to lovers to to acquaintances. No, they're not enemies. Yeah. They're they're acquaintances or maybe, maybe friends. They're allies. Yes. That's what I would say. They're allies. To lovers to allies. 100%. I was trying to nurse my headache for this whole time for the betrayal, trying to wrap my head around it. And everything goes to shit. Yeah. She just really full sends. They literally realized Dane can read her mind anytime he touches her. So he originally told her that when he touches her temples or anyone's temples, he can read their minds. Zayden's betrayal made me sad, but Dane's made me want to fucking murder him. (laughs) Like, seriously, they need to kill him off soon. And they better. I hope they kill his dragon so that he has to die a terrible death. Because that's what he deserves. (laughs) He deserves that. Honestly, this was the ultimate betrayal for me. I was fuming. Going back, he touches her face nine times, people. Nine times, which means he probably knows basically everything from the last time he touched her face, which I believe is when he cups her cheek, telling her that she looks beautiful the night of the party that the king throws, which was also Zayden's dad's anniversary of his death, Mm -hmm. which means he potentially knows about feather tails. Zayden and her hooking up for the first time. Which, side note on that, fucking LOL. I hope that he touched her face after that and got a vision of them fucking because that would really stick it to him. Like, yeah, fuck you. Touch my face and you have to see me fucking someone else, not you. True. And the fact that he didn't even react or seem jealous and was literally feigning shock before the war games just shows what a good spy he already is. And a few other things I'm concerned about is he could know they speak mind to mind. He can know Zayden's secret meetings and missions with the Separatist kids, which obviously he knew about his fucking secret mission on to wherever that war game location was. I can't remember the name. Right. And at this point, leadership for sure is corrupt. It seems like their whole idea this entire time was getting the Separus kids killed. Oh, yeah. They sent them there to die. They're like, this is the perfect way to get them killed and no one has to know and their secrets will die with them. Oh, yeah. That letter confirmed it for me. Basically saying, survive if you can. Giant middle finger to them. That's why it would be hard for me to think that they could go back to school after this. That's a good point. Oh, God. So much potential, Rebecca. So much potential. What are you going to do with it? I can't wait to find out. And how is Lilith okay with this? You know, did she not know that her daughter... You know what, though? She's a crazy-ass fucking bitch. She didn't care about Violet. What am I even saying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, she didn't give a shit. Yeah. Venon and Wervin, I'm convinced at this point, are what leadership is redacting from the documents. Like when Liam and her found that one scroll... And they were like, wait, you know, this looks different. And then at their battle brief, they don't even talk about it. There were things redacted in documents that they found. I'm convinced it's because they were hiding attacks about the Wervin and Venon. 
I just don't understand why. What's the point of not telling people about it? Because those things- they're fucking cowards. I mean, they're fucking cowards. You're but, not helping these innocent people. But why? Right. I, they're evil. I don't know. I'm excited <laughs> to find out. Are there more reasons than just protecting yourselves and being selfish fucks? I don't know. Especially because- you have the resources to kill them. Like literally Zayden is smuggling resources to the outside people to kill them. But now on top of it, because Dragonfire can't kill them, but I mean, they can bite them apart, but it's not the main way to kill a Venon. Lightning happens to be. And so I think this makes Violet's power substantially more valuable. And the fact that the kingdom doesn't even plan on using her or hint at using her to help the outside world. Yeah, it just solidifies. They're pieces of shit. I also don't know if they know that the lightning can kill the venom. That's a good point. I wonder if they give enough of a shit about it, though, to use her, even if they found that out. Maybe they would try and kill her. They'd be like, no, we want the venom and Wyvern to like no, get away with stuff. I'm convinced they actually do know. Do you know why? I just remembered that, and this is actually a part of one of my theories, so I'll touch on it. There's a part in the fables and the history, and remember how they deleted years of history? Mm -hmm. There's a part where it talks about the first three brothers, and one brother rode a dragon, one brother was a flyer on a griffin, and the third brother was the first venom. And they basically admit the first venom, the third brother, was killed with the strongest power of the sky or whatever, alluding to lightning. So you would think because they have that, hello, like, are you stupid? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they didn't know, but that's kind of suspect. They're sus overall, for yeah. sure, for sure. They're they're obviously hiding things, so that could be something they know. And just another pile to the giant load of shit they already got hiding. <laughs> right, exactly. So when they decide they're going to go help the innocent people... Because they have a moral compass. Right. They're good people. And they admit, you know, some people are going to die. I said, okay, prepare yourself. Someone's going to die. Probably someone important, semi-important. But I wasn't expecting what actually happened. You know, I honestly, based off of the battle scenes, for example, when the Venom raises his staff, sending blue balls of flame at Jay, which is Liam's dragon, and Liam literally stands up and runs along Jay's spine towards his dagger tail, and Jay whips his tail to send Liam flying towards the Wervin, and Liam cuts the Venom's throat riding the back of the Wervin. I was like, they're fucking killing it. This is lit. I was, I mean, again, I'm a hoe for the action. Right. All right. I love the action scenes. I was eating that shit up and I thought maybe some side people will die because there were people whose names I didn't even remember that I knew were like in the action. Like, oh, yeah. He's he's a separatist. Like that's sad because we find out that they're actually good people. Right. But God, I did not expect Liam. I know. And I feel like with side characters, sometimes I get too focused on the main characters. For instance, I was so wrapped up and Zayden and Violet getting together that I didn't realize I was actually falling in love with Liam's character until he got taken away from me. And for this, I was really expecting Garrett to die, honestly, because he was pretty main important person, yeah. but I didn't have a relationship with him necessarily because all he right. talked to is pretty much Zayden. But goddamn, Miss Rebecca, 
you were seriously cutthroat <laughs> about this. And on top of it, the way he died was terrible. Brutal. It was literally the worst way that you could die. The way he's described screaming out for Jay until his voice is raw and breaking, it tore my heart open. And Rebecca's use of the word eviscerated when his dragon actually hits. Perfect description. But like fucking soul crunching. I mean, it was just, you know, you're like tears in your eyes because you know what's coming. Right. And it's just watching your dragon die. Like he slowly had to watch Jay die. Then he died. Then he knows he's going to die. So your soul already died and slowly feeling your soul crush while your body is giving out on you. I literally could not imagine the pain that that would be. I am so glad I will never have to experience it personally. <laughs> but I... Yeah, I, I'm emotional. <laughs> you know, the things we know so far about bonds and dragons is that once bonded, riders can't live without their dragons. But most dragons can live just fine without their rider. And then, you know, there's those some cases where they're so emotionally attached that the dragon can't survive. But it's stated as super rare. Do you think... That'll happen at some point in this series? Probably. And I think the most savage way to do it would be either Zayden or Violet dying and then Seagull dying or Tarn dying. It's just going to be a chain effect. Yeah, that would be the most savage. I just feel like she's going to be wild about it because she has done so many wild things already. And that's what I love. I have no idea what to expect next. I could come up with obviously a hundred million theories, mm -hmm. but she is going to decide. I don't even know if she knows how it's going to end, which is crazy. It is crazy. And you know, I'm kind of going to touch on that in a theory. I have a little bit of a theory going off of what you just said. But before I get to that, the final moments between Violet and Liam, and she can't carry his weight to Jay. He only has a few minutes left to live. Liam asking her to take care of his little sister, Sloane, who's coming up in the next class. And then the stack of letters he's been writing her. Dude, it sent me over the edge. This is when I was bawling my eyes out. Like this stupid country separating him from his sister that he hasn't seen since their parents' executions, only for him to freaking die because they sent him to his death after he freaking survived his first year. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Nothing is okay. And then add on top of it, Zayden shows up and he's screaming over his body. It reminded me of when Feyre got her neck snapped in Akatar and Rhysand is screaming. You could literally feel the pain of that situation reverberating off of the page. Like it, Dude. my heart was thumping and hurting. Like I just got broken up with or something. Dude, you're literally making me emotional. <laughs> the way you just described that is so intense, but that's really how it was. I mean, both Violet and Zayden are blaming themselves for his death. Violet, because in her mind, she's thinking, Dane read my memories. That's why we were sent to our death. And Zayden asked him to protect her. And his dying blow was from protection dive. And then Zayden, I mean, he's just like, 
you know, I asked you to protect Violet and the shadows bursting out of him when Liam finally goes. I was like, you know what? This is all your fucking fault, Dane. I went from bawling my eyes out to like, let's get revenge. Dane is dead to me. I'm pissed. Like I got to your level that you were already at. I was finally like, we need to murder him. (laughs) Right. I was really upset. He, He deserves no redemption arc. If he has a redemption arc, I will revolt. (laughs) disgusting i mean he oh god i don't even know what he could do to get redemption at this point he knowingly sent her to her death as well as other people who honestly at their core were innocent and only trying to help others if he somehow comes to the rebel side he would be a spy i just feel there's no way for him to believe ever that Zayden's rebellion, those people to be right. Even if he literally looked inside their head, I think he's so brainwashed. He'll do whatever it takes. And I think he'll die on that hill. I think you're onto something though. I really feel like, and I didn't think of this at all. Him being a double agent would be the only potential for redemption. But not only that, he would have to be a double agent and then somehow sacrifice himself physically (gasps) die saving what if he was like violet i always loved you and then he dies or something right he would have to do something like that and then he could be redeemed and remembered right for ending his life for a good cause he can't other than that though he's fucked yeah he's fucked yeah you gotta basically do a sacrifice man yeah he can't be alive and redeemed sorry not sorry (laughs) i'm glad that both zayden and violet at this point kind of start fueling that death into fury and revenge because it's exactly how we feel as readers, right? And Zayden puts his power on display. Violet puts her power on display. Side note, she's stabbed by a fucking poison dagger. I don't even fucking remember this as she's going and killing the main Worven. I totally didn't even notice either. It, there was so much going it was on. so intense. Right. The action-packed moment was this moment. I mean, you think the battle before is, but no, it's this. Controlling lightning to directly hit with a time slowing from Andarna onto the main mage or basically the leader of the Venon. It was the dude with the staff. I'm pretty right. sure he was the leader. And that took out all the Wervin. And that was the most badass fucking moment. I mean, again, I'm a super visual reader. In my mind, I'm seeing that slow-mo her on turns back, her throwing the lightning bolt and curving it at the Wervin and the Venon and the Venon not even being able to look up because he's fucking time frozen. I'm like, that's right, bitch. But most importantly, this moment was kind of ruined because (laughs) Violet honestly really dramatically falls off turns back like, okay, was my first reaction. But then in in the next chapter, you realize, oh yeah, she was poisoned and did just use a ton of power almost burning out. So I guess that was reasonable. But also, isn't she like bracketed into the seat? I don't know. I'm a dramatic person, but like that was pretty dramatic to literally fall out of the seat. (laughs) I don't think that she was hooked in anymore because she was fighting that venom. Oh, okay. So maybe a little less dramatic than you thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm picturing like, damn, she really unbuckled herself to just topple over in a dramatic <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was, like, I don't think it was that much. 
The final chapter is unique because it's from Zayden's point of view. And I typically don't like when they switch around the point of views, but I thought this was the perfect point for it. It'll be interesting to see if they do dual point of views in the next book or if it's just going to go back to her again. I want more of his POV in the next books. Even just his partial POV early on when she's trying to learn how to wield lightning and she sends her images of them hooking up from the other night. I was like, ooh, this is juicy. And I love kind of getting the insight into what the main male characters are thinking. I just hope that it doesn't turn into Zodiac Academy where you start getting literally every single character's point of view. I think that's crazy. And it jumps around a lot. Exactly. Because you're trying to follow too many plot lines. I will totally be okay if it's Violet and Zayden's point of view in the next book. Because honestly, when I read it said Zayden's point of view, I was like, slay. Slay. Let's go. I like it. (laughs) Girl save. I was so, you know what? I didn't even read that it said Zayden's point of view. And I was reading it and I'm like, man, she sounds different. And I had to had to reread the first two pages over and over and I finally realized at the top of it it said Zayden's POV. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) But I think one of the cutest things that he says in his point of view and totally shows the your mind trope is when he's like, you gave me your heart and I'm keeping it. And then in his mind, he's like, she already owns mine even if she doesn't realize it. (sighs) Just say you love her, damn it. I know, but he mentally does admit that he loves her at this point, but true, he needs to tell her. I get his whole thing. He doesn't want to tell her right now because she'll think it's strategic. Yeah, it's going to be all for the wrong reasons, but I'm so ready for him to grovel for her big time. I love that shit. He's I can't be without you. I will do anything. I hope that he gives her a good grovel. I hope that he doesn't have to wait too long. Hope she gives him a little slack. Hell, I hope we don't have to wait too long. (laughs) I know. I selfishly want them to bang. Same. I get it. You know what I think is going to happen? I think it's going to be like, they can't hold back. They have to hook up even though she doesn't fully trust him. But she's like, the physical attraction is too much. You know, one of those kind of things I feel like is at least going to happen in the second book because we can't go a full book without at least one banging scene. Right. And I just feel for her, she can't have sex without feeling some sort of love, at least with him, because she's experienced love outside of sex with him. Mm -hmm. And her dragon and his dragon are going to fuck. Right. So she's going to feel the lust. No way she's going to hold out for the whole rest of her life. No. You know what would be ideal? One bed trope. Let's get them stuck out on a post. One bed. The dragons start fucking. They start fondling. And then they start fucking. Ideal. I want it. Let's have it. Shout out Rebecca Yaros. I'm waiting for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. And I mean, it's already working towards resolution because she does agree to work with them. I'm just stressed out. My sappy heart is stressed out. Him saying, I love you was not enough to gain the trust back. And I get it, but I want it. I know. That's all you can say. I I just want it. I want them together. They're end game. But I'm scared. How long are we going to have to wait for it? Right. 
See, and the way we're so addicted, this just proves why this book is a five out of five people. It ended and we're like, oh my God, are they okay? We need them to be okay. What's going to be in the next book? We have all these theories, like obsessive. And that's why this is a two-part podcast. (laughs) Yes. We're obsessed with these characters. Plus, there's a few extra plot twists thrown in there. One is they totally rebuilt Aricha. I may be saying that town wrong, but if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. And I am convinced that because Brennan is there, he is the reason that the city is rebuilt looking almost exactly how it did because it's mentioned that the mending signet rebuilds anything. There's even example given of a bridge being rebuilt. So why wouldn't he be able to rebuild a city? So I think he's been a key player in the rebellion. Right. And it makes me just wonder, when did he switch to the rebellion side? Just there's so many open-ended questions with him. So many. I'm excited to see how his character plays out in the next book. And and Darna is apparently huge now and her time freeze gift is gone. So this is also what I'm a little bit confused about because they mentioned in the book that in one to two years she would be full grown. And then they say now she's big. How long has Violet been out for? Did Andarna losing her time freeze gift make her grow faster? That's what I think. Because I'm just confused because she had Andarna from threshing and they never mentioned her getting bigger throughout that time. And a lot of months have passed in that time and they never talked about her getting bigger. But then all of a sudden Violet's out. I don't know how long. She's huge. I think it's said that she's only out for a little while, like not that long, which is why I think kind of what you said, I think it has to do with her power. Like what if she could almost use it in reverse and speed up time for herself personally? You know what I mean? But then it says that her gift is gone. So then if her gift is gone, does Violet now have the time freeze gift? Because that's why they say they don't bond with feather tails because the writer has the ability to take that signet right, from them and kill the feather tail so it's dangerous but she's still alive so does she have another power that she's gonna end up giving to her Dude, yeah that shit i'm so excited to find out because number one she can channel to her now and through that violet's gonna obviously manifest another signet on her own mm-hmm. right she's gonna be the first writer with two signets i think that's lit secondly though it's never been tested with someone having a bond with a feather tail like is her time power going to just disappear along with andarna's inability to use it did she have to physically take the power and kill a dragon as a feather tail to use it for herself or does she actually still have it i feel like in the next book she needs to test it out and see if she still has it or it's going to be used at like a you know, really intense moment and like save the day type of thing if she's not sure if she can. Right. And then honestly, that goes against everything that Dane knows, because if Andarna is still alive, they're going to think that she has this if he knows, because we don't really know if he knows that she has a time freezing ability. True. It's not 100 percent. I mean, I think he does it it feels like he has to know at this point i think he does and i think that's why there's five fucking books there's going to be a couple major events one obviously the rebellion two i think there's going to be a situation where they have to go back to the veil and save the feather tails three because the feather tails are now out in the open where the wervin and venon can get them there's also going to be obviously a war with the wervin and venon 
trying to save them. There's going to be some bullshit with her mom and Dane, of course. I'm sure General Melgren's going to have some bullshit because his dragon is like the king of the dragons. So something's going to happen there where I feel like there's going to be a showdown between the mated pair of Siegel and Taran against the head honcho dragon because right. they're two of the most powerful together mated. I think they could take him down. <gasps> what if Melgren kills Siegel and then Tarn delivers the killing blow to Melgren? And then what? I'm scared. I don't know. I just, I literally. <laughs> as far as you got with your theory, I'm freaking out. I, I, I literally just stopped thinking because my eyes went wide and I was like, actually, I don't want to know what happens. No. Please don't make that happen. No, we're done. We're done with that theory. Yeah, stop let's, there. Let's stop move there. on to the biggest plot twist of all. Thank you. Yes. Holy fucking shit. Her brother is alive and healed her and it's part of the revolution. I was so caught up in Zayden groveling to her and just, where's this love story going to go? I never thought that Brennan could be alive. Dude, me neither. So when he read his name on the page so many times, I'm like, Brennan, her brother, Brennan, Brennan, her brother. (laughs) (laughs) Is there not another guy named (laughs) Brennan? And now going back, I realized that Violet was the only one who ever said that Brennan died. Everyone else said Brennan was gone. Dude, I did not catch that. So that's interesting. And one thing I'm hoping for in the future, maybe in this next book it will happen, is going to be a family face-off. So Brennan and Violet versus Mira and the mom. Obviously, they're all on their dragons in the air. Mira realizing Brennan is alive, looking at her mom in shock. You can see the wheels turning in her head. She doesn't know who to believe. She knows that they're on the rebellion side. And it'll be interesting to see what side is Mira going to pick? Because I think the mom is evil, but I think Mira actually has a good head on her shoulders. So to see that her brother that I think she idolizes so much Mm -hmm. is actually alive and her mom has been lying to her. I also don't know if Mira knows about Venon. I feel like maybe that's like super high up. Dude, who knows? Because she's on the front lines. I mean, there's this part where she has like some award called the dragon claw or something right she's for, killed a bunch of people or right she's something. done some major life-saving battle moments or something like that i agree with you though i think she does have a good head on her shoulders i think she's going to be team rebels especially if she doesn't know the extent of things it would be a major plot twist if she actually takes her mom's side that would shock me but totally a possibility for sure and then thinking back to Tarn's previous owner when they said he had essentially used out his power to save Brennan, but then everyone thinks that Brennan died. He totally was able to use all of his signet and he self-sacrificed for Brennan. Whether or not I believe they were lovers or just friends or he knew that Brennan was needed for the revolution's success, I don't know, but he definitely killed himself for the cause. Okay, what do you mean by definitely? (laughs) Like you are so confident in that theory. What do you mean by mean meaning by it? (laughs) You are just like so secure and Tarn's previous writer killed himself. I'm like, bitch, why? (laughs) What happened? What I miss? I just know. You just know. That's just, that's going to be it. And if it's not it, it's still it. (laughs) All right. All right. Checks out. I'm going to come back to this point. 
if it ever gets revealed and if it's not it, I'm going to clip it in and be like, well, shit. And if I it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is it, you'll be like, I told you so. Yeah, I'm going to just keep beeping it in and being like, like I said in the podcast the first time around, he definitely killed himself. Dude, the amount of theories we're about to go into, I am so excited to see which of these actually play out to be true. I mean, we've got some wild fucking theories, but like they could totally be viable. I know. And honestly, there's more than what we just talk about, too. This is oh, all we more. could come up with. It's an endless scope of shit that could happen. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, go on Google. I'm sure there's more than what we have to say. But let's start with ours. Starting off strong. Her dad totally murdered. <laughs> either, either the mom knew about it or she did it. Oh, because shit. I started getting suspicious when it said he died from heart problems. That just seems a weird way to die in this world. I know that people are human, but it was just weird. You know what? I kind of got suspicious of this when it's revealed Brennan is alive. And because her dad held on to that fable book and even included that letter basically saying, remember that folklore is passed from one generation to the next and history can change and blah, blah, blah. Like her dad obviously knew the truth about Venon, in my opinion. Did he know the truth about Brennan too? Like, do you think he knew that he was actually alive? Right. I don't know. Maybe. But then... Do you think the mom knows that he's alive? Honestly, that would be crazy to me if the mom knows that he's alive. Well, it's kind of like what you said, how Violet's the only one that says he's dead. Right. So like... But if she thinks that he's alive... Where has he been? Wouldn't they know about that city? Oh my gosh. What if she's actually good? What if she's the double agent? (gasps) Oh. There would be so many open, like, why did she send her to the writer's quadrant, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. That would be crazy. What if she fucking knew she would get lightning powers? Like, Melgren saw some fucking future situation and was like, we can't let your daughter get a dragon. or. But then why would she go in the writer's quadrant? Yeah, I, I know. Son there's, of a bitch. There's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. But also one thing I was thinking about is going back to the dad being murdered is what if Dane's dad had something to do with it? In plot twist, Dane's dad and Violet's mom were fucking on the side. <laughs> Dude, that would be a fucking spicy plot twist because you know what? There actually were multiple scenes stating that Dane's dad and Violet's mom were like, they spent a lot of time together, spent a lot of time together. That's the setup for what's it called when you cheat on someone? An affair. That's a setup (laughs) for an affair. That's just like, shit, you're on to something here. That would be. That would be spicy. Very spicy. Also, do you think related to the mom that she was maybe attacked by a venom when she was pregnant or as a baby maybe violet was attacked by one because her hair is changing color and everyone's looking at her with disgust and venom have that right that ability to like suck the life out of things and turn it gray right i get where you're going with this and i kind of thought the same thing but i believe it's because violet has the chronic illness 
and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Elhers-Donlos syndrome, which the author also has. And I only know that because the author also has it, that that's what she has. But essentially, it's being flexible, but also very bruisable and breakable. And you're in constant pain. And you have prematurely gray hair. Although I think the author took that trait Mm -hmm. and kind of purposefully put a twist on it. So you totally may be onto something like the graying starts at her ends, not the roots. I have a couple theories from this. For example, could it be a sign of her future abilities? First of all, her mom and others look at her hair in disgust, even telling her to like cut it or dye it, which neither works. She says, even if she cuts it, the ends just turn gray. Two, Zayden makes him a remark where he's like, I know what you are. Basically, not who you are. So what what is he alluding to? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Because huh. I was already thinking she was going to be special, you know? So I was right. like, what you are? Are you sensing something? You know, like, what does that mean? And then Tarn calls her the silver one. And as we've discovered, the dragons, especially ones as old as Tarn, know much more than they let on. So maybe it has something to do with magic already being part of her graying hair. Like the venom gray the land as they absorb magic. Maybe she is like that because like you said, something happened to her mom or does it have to do with her having the lightning ability? Is she the anti-venom? I don't know, but it's just interesting how she took this twist of that chronic illness trait and turned it into something that can actually have an important meaning in the future. Right. She was giving empowerment to her chronic illness. Definitely. Just, that's really cool, actually. Super I, cool. Yeah. How did you find that out? So I follow a lot, <laughs> I follow a lot of book talk and bookstagrammers. And there's this bookstagrammer who also has this chronic illness and had posted saying, this is my favorite book ever because I can relate to the author and the character Violet. And she said something kind of like you, how she was like, it made me feel strong and realize that like I can handle more physical pain than most people can. And I was like, damn, dude, like that's really cool. That's so deep. Yeah. So she is legit making an impact on others that have this chronic illness. I've read it. I've seen it. If I personally had it, I would be inspired. I don't have it and I'm still inspired. (laughs) For sure. Do you think that if people have mated dragons, that they are automatically going to essentially be mated themselves. I think it's totally possible because very early on, Violet has this sort of sixth sense anytime Zayden is around. And at first I thought, because this is before their dragons are even bonded, I'm thinking, okay, they're possibly soulmates, right? not mates in the sense of fantasy where they're destined to be together on a whole other existential level, right? Where it's like they cannot be apart. If one dies, the other essentially dies type of vibe. I just thought soulmates. And there's particular parts of the book where she says stuff like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. A chill races down my spine. There's a palpable energy in the room when he enters. This basically happens every time he walks into a room. Like, what the fuck are they? Right. We don't know if mates are actually a thing in this book, because obviously- At least on the human level. Right. The dragons are mates, but I don't know about the humans. It makes it really hard for me to believe that if you can go through that feeling of lust and you have to spend so much time together because your dragons can't be parted, how could you not end up there? Right. It just seems too much. The other thing I think it could be- 
in relation to the sixth sense feeling that Violet gets is that sense coming from Zayden's shadows. Because he at one point literally says, I hear everything and knows exactly how to avoid his mind being read when an intrinsic signet is developed. When they make out on the wall, Violet literally is like, you know, he's making out with me and grabbing me as though he can hear my thoughts. And he even says rare abilities when kept secret are the most valuable form of currency we possess. Are you thinking he has more than one signet? Maybe? I mean, I think that it's more so he has such a powerful dragon that his shadows can do more than people realize. Mm. Like maybe he can read thoughts with them because he says he sees and hears everything. Does that mean you hear fucking thoughts, homie? I don't know how it works. I'm interested to see how that plays out, but it also could mean he does have some sort of secret rare ability. Maybe that's something we're going to learn. Like, you know, I don't know about that theory though, because General Melgren and his strongest dragon, wouldn't he have two abilities? But maybe he has one that he's hiding. Double plot twist. (laughs) The possibilities are really endless here. (laughs) Yeah, so who knows? Maybe he can do more with the shadows than he lets on. Also to point out with Zayden, he says, I've been yours for longer than you could ever imagine. What does that mean? I think it's alluding to something before he even saw her because I think he was shocked to see her in the writer's quadrant and then he had to act all tough. But maybe because he knew Brennan, maybe Brennan was telling him stories about Violet, which I feel like would be a not super cool way to have fallen in love with her, the brother just telling him stories. But what if they had met before and somehow someone has a signet to erase minds like Emojin? What if yes? What she if does she have came that. in and because I don't necessarily think that she has to see Emojin for her power to work. Right, it hasn't been confirmed how it works. So I feel like what if she met him before, like in the scribe quadrant or something? Oh. Or, I mean, not the scribe quadrant, but when she was in the training. Sc- well, it right. said she dad. grew up in the last few years on that campus. Right. Like, what if Brennan? told him, okay, Violet is this old. She's about to start into school. Please keep an eye on her while you're there because I can't be there because I'm supposed to be dead. So, because he's been fucking alive this whole time. Right. (laughs) Speaking of the scribe quadrant, did you go back and read the prologue? No, dude, I... I don't even think I saw a prologue on the ebook, or maybe I was just so excited I literally went right past it into the book. I think you did because it's right next to the map of the school. And so it says, the following text has been faithfully transcribed from Navarian into the modern language by Jesenia Neilwart, curator of the Scribe Quadrant. Jesenia is the girl when her- Is she the deaf one? Yes, it's when, it's when her and Liam go to visit and Liam's kind of flirting with her. This is literally written. So so a bunch of shit is going to happen. And Jacenia goes back and rewrites history. Oh, my God. And you know what? I did read that shit, but I was just like, man, I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, there's putting a cool little twist like, oh, you know, this is all in the past. You're actually reading a history book type of vibe. But no, it means so much more. Oh my God. I can't believe you picked up on that. 
That's insane. No, I saw it on TikTok, but oh. I'll, it's fine. <laughs> I love the honesty. Still, though, mind it's blown. Fine. Mind blown. This is my final and most extreme thought out theory. How Zayden got his scars and what it can mean for the future. Interesting, because I didn't really think that much of it. I thought it was pretty straightforward. Dude, there's this quote in the book that when I read it, I literally paused and reread it over and over like there's no way this is true. He states, I take personal responsibility for the loyalty of the 107 kids the rebellion's leaders left behind. And in return, we're allowed to fight for our lives in the writer's quadrant instead of being put to death like our parents. I chose the chance of death over the certainty. And then Violet says, so if any of them betray Navarre and he goes, then my life is forfeit. The scars are a reminder. So if any single one of, I think, 107 separatist kids betray Navarre, he just fucking dies. I'm like, there's so many ways for this to go to hell. And there's a couple times it's confirmed and hinted at. So one, it's why Liam says he owes him everything and all the separatist kids treat him as their leader. Do you think they all know that sacrifice, though? Or do they think this is just what I think to be? I think some of them at least know. Like Liam totally knows. Garrett totally knows. But the others may not. And they still treat him as a leader because these most powerful other separatist kids do. And he's the oldest. So naturally, he's the leader, right? Honestly, my initial reaction was fear because anyone who betrays Navarre, he dies. However, I think that potentially because Violet is the only person to have two dragons, one being extremely powerful, and Andarna hasn't even given her a power yet, she is going to develop the signet of revival, which Taryn's previous writer specifically failed at, supposedly. I think it I mean, would I make... I think he... I know. You think he killed himself. I think he succeeded. But... Let's just state that now. Ooh. He definitely succeeded in revival. And that's how alive. Yes, we went D- over dude. this. I know, but like... How is it that hard to believe? How the fuck do you think he's alive? How, I... how else could he have survived? You know what I need to know? Is his dragon alive? Yeah, it has to be. Otherwise, he would be dead, right? That's why I said I definitely know. But why would Tarn not confirm that he actually did it to Violet? Why would he keep that a secret? Because he's keeping a bunch of shit a fucking secret. Because he knew that. But he said he admitted the truth, not that he lied. Yeah, he admitted that fucking Brennan is alive. But he said, you know, killed himself by overusing his power or whatever. Exactly. Think about it. He actually successfully overusing it. So he didn't technically lie. Yes. He overused his power for his ability to stay alive. But that doesn't mean that he failed at using it. He never says that he failed at losing it. Dude. So that's what I'm thinking is her second signet is going to be revival. And I think it would make a really good scene if Zayden dies because of the betrayal of one of those he took a scar for and Violet is able to revive him. I can totally picture Tarn in full panic mode because he doesn't want her to risk her life like his last rider did. But at the same time, if Zayden dies, his mate himself and Violet might die anyway. So ultimately, he would let her try. Plus, 
because of the bond, as we learned when Liam died, you have a few minutes before everyone involved with the bond is affected. So I feel like that would be a really cool opportunity if there's some sort of revival power involved and a scene that played out. I just think if there is going to be a revival signet given, I don't necessarily think it's going to be from Tarn because I think you only get one signet Mm -hmm. per one. But since they've said that Andarna lost her power, Mm -hmm. that time one, maybe she's developing this other one of revival and that's going to be the one that she gives. Maybe Violet ends up having three signets. Well, do you know what else I think makes that the perfect signet for her to have? The fact that she was so distraught that her ability is just death causing. Yes. But then her alternative signet would be like a yin and yang, right? <gasps> yes. To revive. Like how fucking perfection is that? Full, Full circle. circle. That's wild. I love it. Rebecca Yaros, if you haven't written this in, you should. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be wild if any of our theories are true. Oh, I'm so excited to find out. Even if they're not, I know this series is going to be bombastic. For sure. I mean, it was the first book and I'm, you know. There's a reason I finished it in 24 hours. Girl, yeah. When you texted me, you were done. I was like, what in the fucking drugs are you on? How do you read that fast? (laughs) That's the end of our theories for Fourth Wing for now. For now. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, she's given about four to five books. I'm pretty sure it's five books that she said is going to be in this series. It's Mm -hmm. called the... Empyrean series. And the next book, book two, called Iron Flame, releases in November, which if you go to our link tree, it'll take you to Amazon and you can pre-order it now. And I'm pretty sure it's still $10 off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I literally have it pre-ordered. I waited too long. Do not make the same mistake. Yeah, this book is viral. So people are going to be ordering it like crazy. There's probably going to be back orders. The faster you get your order in, the sooner you're going to get the copy. A couple similar recs that you can read in the meantime that we will review in the future as well. I want to focus on the Shadow Daddy Gang, Rysand or Resand and Asriel from Akatar, North and Nox Draven from The Bonds That Tie, Love them. That one's a reverse harem. If you've not read a reverse harem, that's a great first dabble. Nyctos from A-Site, which is actually the spinoff from From Blood and Ash. So if you have not read From Blood and Ash, I actually recommend reading that first. And then Dorian from Throne of Glass. That is a hefty series also written by Sarah J. Moss, who wrote Akatar. Amazing books. Another book that I want to shout out that we mentioned earlier is Zodiac Academy because it's the same type of vibe, a school, a college with dragons and people that have different powers. So to wrap up, I'm going to ask you a would you rather question. This one relates to fourth wing. Would you rather be in the fourth wing world guaranteed to get a dragon and bond with it? Oh, fuck than our reality as you live in it now. See, I feel fucked up if I say I want to live in fourth wing. Yeah. Because I'm very blessed in my life that I have right now. And I don't want to knock on that at all. Right. Same. But how fucking cool would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Just to have a dragon, bro. Oh, my gosh. 
That would be pretty awesome. What do you think your signet would be? Remember, it's I would based just, off who you are at, a, at the core. Who are you at the core, Carly? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you kind of don't know who you are at the core until you get your signet. Dude, that's scary. It's, it's literally revealing who you are. Yeah. I don't think I know myself to a level. I feel like if I was a Buddhist, because those people meditate or any literally anyone that meditates, I feel like they know themselves to an existential level where they could guess what their signet is. I just know myself superficially, mm. but I would want something badass, obviously. Right. I think I would want the fucking shadows. That'd be sick. So sick. Shadow mommy. <laughs> shadow mommies. Girl, I want to be a shadow mommy. <laughs> I personally, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like, I'm so blessed. I love my current life. But if I'm guaranteed a dragon. I know. When you said guaranteed a dragon, that changed the game. Right. Because the thing is, yes, this world is fucked up. Major war. This kingdom is awful. I would totally join the rebellion because I have a moral compass. But also, like, I would have a dragon. <laughs> I'm so it would be so sick. And I You love dragons. I love dragons. I was obsessed when I was younger. I literally had these like historical books on if dragons were maybe real and stuff. I want to get up. a dragon tattoo. You literally thought dragons are real. Do you think dragons are real right now? No. No, but there's like you know how they find dinosaur fossils? Yeah. There's been cases in like I think it was Egypt, the book that I had where there was a case where they thought they found potential fossils of a dragon but the scientists like rebuttal it and just said it was like a a dinosaur or whatever yeah which honestly makes sense like dragons aren't current day it would be like a dinosaur it's an ancient time being but the fact that it's barely been seen you know is it real probably not do i find it highly fascinating thousand percent Okay. I love dragons. I think I would need a full list of signets and maybe that would be helpful to Yeah. I, I wonder if there's a take a quiz on what your signet would be. Ooh, someone needs to make that. Yeah. If, if that. anyone has the link, send it to us. Right. <laughs> so I, we can I would do, do that. I would love to do that. Every episode we like to shout out someone in the bookish community. For this episode, we chose Empyrean series, who you can find on Instagram and TikTok. Their content is the best overall fourth wing related material, ranging from fan art to reels to NSFW posts to memes, which are definitely my favorite, as well as author updates and more. Did you see that they also have a group read and a group chat going for the books? Oh, yeah. I'm in both of them. And I love the theories that people bring up in the group chat, as well as just having a group read is so fun. You feel like you're a part of a book club, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. So give them a follow at Empyrean Series, E-M-P-Y-R-E-A-N-S-E-R-I-E-S. All one word. Well, that's it for today's episode. We'll see y'all back in two weeks where we're going to take a dive straight into dark romance with Jenna Vipers. In the meantime, for more, follow us on our socials, TikTok or BookTok and Instagram or Bookstagram at Read It and Write It and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever it is you're listening in. Our DMs are always open to would you rather questions, books and topics you want covered, as well as send us that link 
for the signet test, please. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can email us at readitandwriteit at gmail.com. See you guys next episode.